Welcome to the Faithful Fathering Podcast. Thank you for joining us. This is Rick Wirtz, the founder and president of Faithful Fathering, where the mission is to encourage and equip dads to be faithful fathers. Uh, and this topic, uh, the topic for this podcast series is uh, relationships. And in the studio with me, I have Mr. Mike Rosas. Mike is the uh, chaplain of the Rockets basketball team and uh, and founder of Uprising Society. Mike, a blessing to have you with us. Thank you so much, Rick. Always, always an honor. And you're also a husband and father. Tell me uh, how many years you've been married and yes. how many kids. Yes, almost 12 years of marriage with my wife, Lydia, and uh, three kids. Alessandra is nine, Camila is six, and Kairos is two. Wow. Okay, it's a... Uh, Moving quickly. Oh, my goodness, too fast. <laughs> well, it's a blessing to have you here. And uh, we're talking about relationships. Uh, you know, having grown up in a violent alcoholic home, I uh, I wouldn't know what a healthy relationship looked like if it hit me between the eyes as a kid, <laughs> right? And, uh, and I know that relationships, uh, they always need boundaries. And I tell us a little bit about the years of, of your dating and, and some of the boundaries that you placed on yourself or where these boundaries came from and when it came to dating as a kid you know um i grew up in a christian family by the grace of god and grew up in church and so you know we always had the the boundaries that you didn't want to pass sex before marriage things of that sort and my prayer since the age of 16 was god i want my my first girlfriend to be my last girlfriend i want to marry her first wife to be my last wife and so I knew the goal that I wanted to accomplish, so I knew the price that I had to pay. So by the grace of God, we were able to uh, to walk through that season, uh, obviously filled with temptation, but by the grace of God, uh, October 28, 2011, we were both married as virgins. Amen. And so that was a blessing and the grace of God and something we can now uh, tell our children at the right age um, and challenge them to do the same. Amen. And and. Those boundaries were set by the the upbringing that you had, or were they set by were they spelled out specifically by your parents, or how, how were they laid out? You know, I, I think it was a mixture of family and church. You know, we had a youth pastor that did teach on those things, and so children knew what to look forward to, what to connect to, and um, the value of enjoying some things only in marriage. And then uh, my parents were also very strict. They, they tried to not give us the place to fall into sin. Uh, so as long as it was church or sports, we could do almost whatever we wanted in question. Um, but my parents did have a really tight rein on us as far as going to parties that weren't, you know, there weren't godly right. representation right. or mm-hmm. um, positioning ourselves in places where we might sin. So by the grace of God and strict parents, we were able to make it out alive. Did those, uh, <laughs> did those include like no one-on-one dating uh, through high school? How, how, what are some specifics? You know, I didn't get my first girlfriend until the age of 23. So I didn't go to any proms, any homecomings. Uh, I was always very focused on ministry. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I didn't I didn't really have that until inside of ministry, this amazing this amazing woman uh, with a heart for many of the same things I had for a heart for the loss, a heart for the church, and a heart for the orphan. Uh, until she was square in my vision, <laughs> did, did I actually begin to date? So well, we started dating when I was twenty three. We dated uh, almost five years. We got married just shy of my twenty eighth birthday. Fantastic. So uh, by the grace of God, I didn't have any of those high school problems, uh, and uh, I had a great time with no no bad heartbreak stories to tell of. And that's uh, that's important to know. <laughs> <laughs> and that's important to know because you know kids today think that you know what they define what fun is mm-hmm. as a function of what they pick up off social media and all these other resources that are out there. 
Uh, and of course, uh, my generation came up in the 60s where <laughs> the sexual revolution and all of a sudden uh, sex outside of marriage was uh, acceptable. Yeah. And, and their, their, uh, uh, the introduction of the pill suggested that there were no uh, uh, consequences. Uh, consequences uh, My goodness, only if they knew. Which is, uh, yeah. which is just not, not practical at all that uh, you escape consequences. But any thoughts on how that, are, are those that you've seen had in ministry, you've seen how that's impacted uh, oh, Generation my Plus. Yes. But, uh, what are your thoughts or any, any uh, reflection on that uh, time where we lost that those, those controls, those boundaries? Well, you know, Jesus teaches about falling on the rock and being broken or the rock falling on you and there's no chance of being put together. And I tell people, you don't break God's rules. God's rules break you. I actually heard a, a clip of a podcast with Mike Tyson, and, and, and you wouldn't expect this type of sound wisdom. Uh, but Mike Tyson, they asked him about his um, you know, very lascivious lifestyle, very you know, outgoing lifestyle. And he said, you know, it got to a point where I finally understood. I thought, you know, the more and more women I could sleep with and, and, and get a hold of, I was a real man. He was like, but whenever I got with a woman, he said something was, I, I didn't add something to me. Something was taken away. Every time I had, you know, sex with these women, I felt more and more empty. I felt like a piece of me was lost. And and we have to understand God's principles don't only work in the church. They, they're universal. It doesn't matter if you believe in him or not. His principles are true. And so I think that that sexual generation, it's been those people that went through the 60s are now the the power people in entertainment, in media. And so they're trying to prolong that activity and that movement. And so now you have a whole new generation that's being born into this. And if not for strong fathers and strong mothers, um, you know, we, we really need to be on guard because the world is pushing this at all. You know, it's all hands on deck. Mm. And so I think as as fathers, as faithful fathers, we have to meet this head on and not just hope something happens or their youth pastor teaches them or mom has the birds and the bees talk. We have to be the role model for them. Right. And I think uh, you know, the other thing that happened, of course, in the 60s with the introduction of the pill, mm -hmm. that, that all of a sudden, you know, it used to be that if there was a pregnancy that resulted, then the marriage was mm -hmm. was 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 a re, was the uh, solution to get the get make sure that child was raised in a married with a married couple, yeah. and uh, but. Then the pill came along, and it, 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 the men would say, well, you forgot to take the pill. That's not my responsibility. So we just had a whole other degradation yeah. of, of a consequence of, of men not taking responsibility for their actions. right? Yeah. And, and so it became a your issue, not my issue. And I think, again, that, that kind of doubles the fact, the, 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 the impact of, uh, you know, you have the biology of something being taken away when you have sex outside of marriage. Yeah. And then you have the emotional aspect of not being responsible as a man. Uh, so you have a generation that comes up pretty compromised yeah. at the end of the day, compromised uh, in the world, compromised uh, of the uh, discipline and the, the guidelines and the... Uh, the, the plan that Jesus has, the Lord has for, for couples in marriage, right? So I, I guess that, that becomes my, so we, we have to uh, reemphasize and go back to those basics of God's design that uh, he created us, male and female, Genesis 1.27. Yes. Uh, marriage, Genesis 2.24, is between a man and a woman. 
And why marriage is Malachi 2.15 is that we're here to raise a godly generation. Yes. So there's nothing in there about multiple wives, right. multiple partners, or anything else, or any uh, confusion about sexuality. So how can dads reclaim that? What are, your, what are your suggestions or what are your thoughts on how we reclaim this foundational idea of healthy relationship? Well, you know, and I think it goes back to Scripture, the idea of teaching from one generation to the next, even if it's not your children of your generation still using that voice men are considered strong they're considered leaders and so we have that voice even if we haven't necessarily earned it uh, outside of our family inside of our family obviously we've earned it but outside with neighbors with kids at the playground in the park and so it's about understanding and being intentional because so many of these people that came up in the 60s so many people that that don't know god you look at psalms 82 and psalms 82 says the world is in darkness and then they are they have a foundation that's not flat well what do people do that are in the dark and they have an unleveled foundation they fall mm-hmm. and so it's not until we understand and we treat we teach the Bible. You know, uh, a, a godly friend of mine said, uh, said how, co- how come in the Bible God said it was okay to have multiple wives in the Old Testament and in the New Testament it's no longer okay? I said, God never said that in the Old Testament. <laughs> exactly right. I, I, I said, plus you know the biblical consequence for multiple wives. It's multiple mother-in-laws. But, <laughs> but it's, it's this aspect of we don't know God's Word. And so out of our ignorance, we make wrong choices, and we have to live with the consequences. Is God merciful? Yes. Does He forgive us in the blood of Jesus, wash our sins away? Yes, but there's still consequences. Whether that's macro inside of my family, I'm sorry, micro inside of my family, or macro in the nation. And it's going to take strong men investing time out of their margin, as we talked on the last podcast, taking time and speaking into their community, speaking just not to their family, into their family is very important. But we're now at such a loss. We're so behind in this game that speaking to our family, just our family is not enough. We have to take the next step, starting faithful fathering groups at work, empowering other men to take that message into their families, mm-hmm. speaking to the fatherless. And I think until we become intentional, we can, you know, to a certain extent, we can vote whoever we want into office. But if we're not walking that out in the day to day, we're not going to see long term change. Right. It, it has to start in the home. Right. And that it'll actually start inside the man, too. Yes. Because if, if we've drifted so far that we haven't embraced, uh, the lesson God gave us through Abraham to start right. with—it <laughs> didn't work so it's, well it's with Hagar, never, right? Well. Uh, so it is one man, one woman. And then David took it to another level that he messed up, and then his son Solomon even went uh, even further extreme than that. Yeah. So you're right. I mean, the people try to justify things by suggesting something in Scripture that isn't really there. Yes. So until men go back and 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 establish their own personal boundaries based on the structure that they're given through the Word of God, then then they can start to live it out, right, and communicate uh, what those boundaries are by their example in marriage and in, in, the, in the relationships that they have. So what, you're, what I hear you saying is that that's, that's what men need to do is to personalize it but then live it out in yes. their immediate circles, whether it's just their family or their work relationships, church relationships, the whole nine yards. Right? Yeah, because boundaries aren't – they're not limiting, they're freeing. 
when I see boundaries on the freeway, I'm not like, oh no, I can't drive where people are driving. No, I'm glad that I can only drive in my space. It frees mm-hmm. me to get from point A to point B without an accident. Mm-hmm. And so we have to change the context, thinking that God put boundaries in our lives like it's a negative thing. Boundaries is an amazing thing that frees me up to live the type of life I always wanted to live. Mm-hmm. Well, that uh, can you imagine going uh, driving across one of these flyovers or bridges yes. uh, <laughs> with just the uh, yellow caution tape there? <laughs> because no we way. don't want boundaries. Yeah, it doesn't work. <laughs> so so you, you think we want boundaries on the road, we want boundaries in life. So, so now you've got uh, a nine-year-old coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you? What boundaries are you thinking ahead of, of uh, placing on her and her relationships? You know, that's a hard question because <laughs> she's still my little girl. But I, I think with boundaries, again, you give the opportunity to allow the children to speak into it. We take what Scripture has written, and those are hard boundaries. And then outside of the hard boundaries, where it's soft boundaries, where God may have not said, thus saith the Lord for this specific thing, mm-hmm. and then we enter into conversation. And we say, based off the hard boundaries God has already created, what do these soft boundaries look like? Mm-hmm. And then I think when we do it in tandem, and like you said in the last session, that we explain the answer, I think my, my daughter will have more buy-in. Mm-hmm. Because number one, um, she sees God wisdom, God's wisdom at a young age. Number two, she had a chance to speak into it, so she's going to take ownership out of it. Mm-hmm. And I think in that part, then we hold each other accountable. And as she ages, those soft boundaries have a little bit of space they can go, but the hard boundaries will never change. Right, right. So they, and, and maybe there are some of the hard boundaries that uh, she just starts to take on herself. Right. right? And, and they become her own hard boundaries. They aren't hard boundaries. Boundaries that you have to right that we have to put forth. Hard, yes. hard boundaries that she embraces. Yes, uh, I had a dear friend that uh, would, would do what he called the uh, the the uh, senior privilege. I think I've mentioned this before on previous podcasts, but uh, they had boundaries on the kids and and what they could do, what they couldn't do, whether it be homework time, whether it be uh, dating, or whatever the case may be. And if the children established the trust of their parents that they, in other words, they didn't uh, repeatedly just disregard boundaries and, mm-hmm. and just, uh, you know, uh, uh, impede the trust that they had with their mom and dad, that come senior year, then all the curfews, all the expectations having homework done before you do whatever, you know, mm-hmm. the, all those were taken away <laughs> with the idea, you know, now are they going to embrace these boundaries as their own mm-hmm. or are they going to fall off the rail? Uh, With the good news being that if they fall off the rail, at least it happens while they're at home, not while they're off in the workplace or off at college. Yes, I think it's so brilliant because they're safeguards. There's some some safeguards, and uh, but uh, but the I guess the point is that maybe you get to enjoy an add a dad or an add a mom if <laughs> if the kids really embrace it. But then again, if it falls short, you realize that uh, you really got some more work to do. You have the chance to walk through them with it, which mm-hmm. is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. So well, that uh, uh, so so the boundaries for your daughter. Uh, any uh, uh, do you want to give any specifics for dads with daughters out there? Do you want to? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's hard. She's a, she's a very, very good girl. Um, she struggles with homework like any child. So I think for her, it's more putting boundaries on the play games and actually begin to identify that there's things that we have to accomplish before we can play. Um, you know, our lifestyle is very unique. And so putting those boundaries of bedtimes mm. and school times where you don't have a bell that sets you off from one class to the next, right. you have 
you have to put hard boundaries in to give them some shape and some form. Because kids, at the end of the day, they, they want boundaries. They mm-hmm. want to be formed. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, inside our hearts, we cry out for the, the right shape that God created us for, which is Christ-likeness, obviously. Right. And I would always uh, you know, encourage dads to realize that there are some boundaries out there that uh, may uh, the society disregards sometimes. Yeah. And I, I, I hate to have to recommend, but there's a book out there called uh, uh, Good Pictures, Bad Pictures mm-hmm. that uh, is meant to open the dialogue about sexuality and, and what is appropriate touch, what isn't, yes. at a very young age, four and six years old. Because yeah. unfortunately, you know, the first exposure to porn these days is like uh, nine years old. <laughs> And, and it, it just breaks your heart to know that uh, the, the uh, uh, innocence has been compromised because of attacks. And, of course, we can watch over what media comes into our home or screen time with our kids or what have you. But, but to open that whole dialogue with a child to, to help understand good pictures, bad pictures, I had one family say that they had done that with their little girl. And when, when their older son had something on his phone, he says, bad picture, bad picture. Oh, wow. you know, so it was a, as a matter of a sensitization and a, re, a, a realization that we have to be talking about this stuff, yeah. unfortunately, as Sadly. a family. And uh, so uh, anyway, I just thought th- that was good. And, and I think the tips to, to uh, begin to, to talk through those boundaries as yeah. a husband and wife uh, with the kids, uh, and and decide what uh, what 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 needs to happen there in the home, but uh, of course we have to put our own boundaries on our lives yes. as well, don't we? Yeah, uh, lest uh, we fall. <laughs> right, and uh, there's a lot of thoughts, a lot of things start to distract us, whether it's a pop up on the screen or whatever. But uh, any final tips for dads to to rebuke those things that even come to attack us? Yeah, you know, I, I think you have to lead by example, and so I think. Um, having that battle buddy, right? Having those people that are going to hold your arms up, having people that are going to keep you accountable. You know, we're seeing a lot of people in ministry uh, cheat on spouses or leave or fill in the blank. And one of my pastor friends said something that was really good. He said, I have people in my life that if I cheat on my wife, they would beat me up. I'm like, you have good friends. <laughs> you have friends who care about you and your long-term joy rather than your short-term happiness. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's important for us to create our own boundaries so that we can model those for our children. Well, I just hope my friends anticipate that if I'm even thinking that way, they knock me out before I get yes, close to Yes, for it. my so, own good. For our own yes. good. And that, uh, I think that's a, a great point because it's all spiritual warfare, isn't it? Yeah. And, and uh, spiritually, we have to be uh, have the full armor on. And uh, so to have those battle buddies that are spiritually in tune mm-hmm. and aware of, of the attacks that we're sensitive to or vulnerable to, that uh, they could help uh, help uh, divert the attack yeah. and, and uh, clear the battlefield so that uh, we can uh, stay strong in the battle. Yeah. So, uh, well, dads, that's, uh, that's the, the tips from uh, Mike on, <laughs> on how we're to approach our relationships and boundaries that uh, indeed support healthy relationships in our lives. So whatever your background is, whether you had no idea what a healthy relationship was coming up or uh, as Mike's home was, is a very great 
grounded Christian home that set a standard high, then uh, I pray that uh, you would uh, learn how to walk closer to uh, God's design and and, uh, walk clearly uh, under his guidance. So, Mike, thank you for the time. And and dads, uh, stay, stay in tune. Stay under the word. Stay in sync with God. That's the dad you're called to be, and that's the dad the next generation needs. 